Hello everyone. Well, I'm back in New York and in a new place. Yes, David has moved into his new apartment on the Upper West Side and I came to help him get settled in. Well, I mostly sat around and watched our fabulous organizer get everything into its nearly final state. I am in a tiny little room called the alcove or the dressing room or <laughs> the recording studio Malquet, and I'm doing my narration for this week's episode. It's an experiment. I hope it works. I thought it was going to be isolated from all external noises, but now there is someone thumping around upstairs, so you know how it is with apartment living, either in Berlin or in New York. Today is a Thanksgiving episode, and I chose as my subject the Neun Deutsche Arien, the Nine German Arias, by George Frederick Handel that he composed in the year 1725. But before we get to that, I'd like to offer a word of thanks for the life of David Daltredici, who died this past Saturday here in New York at the age of 86. I met him exactly once at, I believe it was, a Lotte Lehmann Foundation event. Everyone who is commemorating him is talking about all of his settings of the Lewis Carroll Alice texts. But I want to remember him, too, as a fearless gay innovator. In the later part of his life, he really turned more to gay themes and to gay texts and I am certainly going to be doing a full episode on him, because he is a fascinating character who went through many different compositional and life transfigurations. But for now, let's listen to an excerpt from his song, Matthew Shepard, set to a text by Jaime Manrique. In this 2001 recording, we hear Del Tredici himself accompanying the baritone Chris Trakis. This is the final part of the poem, which was composed by Manrique in the voice of Matthew Shepard. Then my soul began its upward ascent, a sign traveling to the arms of God, where I'd find a peace I'd never known on earth. Thank you. 
Welcome to Counter Melody, the podcast on great singers and great singing. Each week, you will encounter me, Daniel Gundlach, as your host, guiding you along a magical route that will bring us closer to the voices of those singers that most enchant and transform us, no matter what else is going on in the world. Thank you for joining me on that path. And now, this week's episode. Hello again. As I mentioned, this year, for Thanksgiving, I am going to dedicate the entire episode to Handel's so-called Neun Deutsche Arien, Nine German Arias. This was the last time in his life that he set texts in German. He was at more or less the midpoint in his life, about 40 years old and he had been in London at that point for about 16 years. The texts to which he turned were by the poet Bartolt Heinrich Brockes. If we know that name, perhaps it is because Brockes also provided the text for Handel's passion setting, originally known as Der für die Sünden der Welt gemartete und sterbende Jesus. Now we simply know it as the Brockes Passion, and it was set by a goodly number of Handel's contemporaries as well. The texts that Handel set in these nine German arias are from the first two volumes of a collection of religious poems called Irdisches Vergnügen im Gott, the first volume of which was published in 1721 and which extended to a total of nine volumes, including one published after Brockes's death in 1747. The texts themselves are reflective of a certain branch of Lutheranism known as pietism, which is strongly focused on biblical doctrines and living a holy life. Almost all of the examples that Handel chose to set focus on the beauty found in nature as a reflection of the presence of God in the world. These pieces were set for solo voice, obligato instrument, probably violin, and continuo, and were no doubt intended more for home music-making rather than public performance. These works in recent years have become very, very popular with sopranos of the Baroque persuasion. I've been listening to some of these recordings, and please forgive me for just stating outright that I find them somewhat lacking, in spite of the brilliant instrumental playing. I just have a thing about the way that Baroque music is sung these days. And so, as usual, I am reverting to my love for old-fashioned-style Baroque performance. I've done several episodes featuring this kind of singer already. Singers like Jenny Turrell, singers like Eileen Farrell. And today, I have a series of nine different performances by different singers, not all of them sopranos, although most of them, recorded between the years 1953 and 1990. Let's begin right in the middle in the year 1968 with the East German soprano Adele Stolte. 
She lived from 1932 to 2020. At the time of her death, I did do a brief tribute to her in one of my In Memoriam episodes. She was one of that cache, if you will, of great Bach singers in the 1960s. That, of course, was headed by Ellie Ameling, but she was by no means alone in that company. Singers like Agnes Giebel, singers like Ursula Buckel, singers like Edith Matis, and many others, some of whom we'll even be hearing today. So to lead us off, here is Adele Stolte singing Singe Seele, Gott zum Preise, the fifth in the collection. Sing soul in praise of God, who in such wise ways the whole world so gloriously adorns. May he who enlivens us through hearing, who delights us through sight, when he brings into flower trees and fields, be praised and glorified. The solo instrument in this recording is the violin, which is played by Karl Suske.
Next we have the aria in den angenehmen Büchern. This is one of the most recent recordings that I'll be featuring, and it is sung here by Australian soprano Yvonne Kenny, who, on the 25th of November, celebrates her 73rd birthday. She's heard in this recording with oboist Sarah Watkins, with Martin Isep, and Jane Fenton on continuo. In the pleasant bushes where light and shade blend, there my eyes and ears seek refreshment in still pleasure. Then rises from my breast my happy soul and sings praise of the Creator's goodness. Oh, my God. 
a little personal note about Yvonne Kenny, and this will appeal to one of my most fervent new listeners who's fascinated with my previous life as a member of La Granchena, a drag opera company with which I performed in the early years of my career. We performed two different seasons in London at the Bloomsbury Theatre, and Yvonne Kenny attended one of these, and she sought me out after the performance and said to me, You are so good. You should pursue a career as a countertenor. And it was probably the first time someone had said this to me, and I poo-pooed the idea at the time, but that idea stuck in my craw, and eventually I did indeed do that. And years later, Yvonne and I were both working at San Francisco Opera. She was singing the Marshallin, and I was understudying my late colleague Brian Azawa. And I sought her out, and I told her this story, and she said, oh, that was you, she said. I remember that very well. So, of course, she's always been very dear to my heart. I'm a big, big fan of her singing. And, of course, that has nothing to do with the fact that she provided me with such words of encouragement at the very beginning of my quasi-successful singing career. Next, let's seek a little contrast with a tenor. These songs are mostly done by sopranos, but there's no reason that they can't be transposed. And in fact, in some of these versions, they're sung in lower keys by sopranos, or in another case, a baritone. Let us listen now to the great British tenor Robert Teer, who lived from 1939 to 2011. This is a 1969 recording of one of the most exquisite of the songs, Süße Stille, Sanfte Quelle, in which the obbligato violin is played by Iona Brown, who was for many years the concertmistress of the Academy of St. Martin in the Fields. Sweet stillness, gentle source of restful calmness. This will make my soul joyful when I, after this time of busy vanity, have before my eyes that peace that is prepared for us in eternity. On continuo, we hear Simon Preston and Kenneth Heath.
Next, we shall hear once again the beloved American soprano Arlene Auger, who lived from 1939 to 1993. I've been featuring her quite a bit this fall because I've received a specific request from one of my listeners that I do a full episode on her, which is forthcoming. But in the meantime, I've been dropping little crumbs along the way. She is such an exquisite singer, and the sheer sound of her voice brings joy to my heart. We're going to hear her in a 1981 recording of the aria Das Zittende Glänzen der Spielenden Wellen. She has such a silvery quality here, which is perfect for the text, which depicts the shimmering brightness of the waves at play, which deck the shores with pearls. Swelling rivers, bubbling springs, make fruitful and refresh the land, and make known in a thousand pleasing ways the goodness of the glorious Creator. The obligato instrument here is the oboe, which is played by Burkhardt Gletzner. The continual players are Walter Heinz Bernstein and Matthias Fender. And yes, this recording was made in Germany.
Next, we have a voice that was a new one to me. I had heard her name before, but had never heard her voice. And upon first hearing it, my ears pricked up and I said, Ooh, who is this? She is the soprano Margot Guillaume. Unlike her name might imply, she was a German singer of French ancestry, who was born in Hamburg in the year 1910 and died in June 2004 at the age of 94. Because she is not a known commodity, let me just tell you a little bit about her. As I mentioned, she was born in Hamburg and began as a chorus singer in Hamburg and then Lübeck. She eventually became a soloist at the Staatsoper in Hamburg, and during the war she sang at the Staatstheater in Oldenburg. She sang a wide variety of roles there, including Zerbinetta, Rosina, Mimi, Leonora in Trovatore, Constanze in Entführung, and Sophie in Rosenkavalier. Later in her career, she became an artist who frequently recorded for the early music arm of Deutsche Grammophon. And from 1962 to 1977, she was a professor of voice at the Hamburg Musikhochschule. Her recording of the nine German arias was made in the year 1953 and features on continuo harpsichordist Fritz Neumeyer and cellist and later conductor August Wenzinger, whose recording of the Proces Passion I featured on one of my Lenten episodes in the past couple years. The obligato instrument here is the violin, and it is played by Ulrich Greling. This is the seventh aria from the collection Die Ihr aus dunklen Grüften. You who from dark caves dig the treasure of mammon, see what here, in the air, a rich treasure you have. Do not say it is only color and shining. It is not for counting and shutting up in treasure chests. In other words, look out in nature to find the true riches of existence. Oh, <laughs> 
My two favourite discoveries of this episode have been Adele Stolte and Margot Guillaume. And for my Patreon supporters this week, I am going to put together a complete version of the Neun Deutsche Arien, featuring these two singers singing five arias each. Yes, there's a bonus in there. They both sing Süße Stille. By the way, my friend Sarah, whom I saw yesterday, told me that I never credited her with upping her support. Honestly, I can't remember if I did say thank you or not, but if I didn't, thank you so much, Sarah. You are a treasure. I am so grateful for you in so many different ways. And in this case, publicly for your increased support of the podcast. 
If you would like to follow in the august footsteps of my dear friend Sarah, please go to patreon.com slash countermelody, and you too can become a supporter of the podcast. It's so easy. And this episode that I'm putting out this week, oh good heavens, I'm edging my way towards 90. I think it's episode 86 or 87. I can't even remember. They're just pouring out of my microphone every single week. Now I have an excerpt from the recording that started me off on this particular journey with the Neun Deutsche Arien. It features the Swedish soprano Katerina Ligenza, who last month celebrated her 86th birthday. Ligenza is primarily known as a Wagnerian singer. Her performances of Tristan under the baton of Carlos Kleiber at Bayreuth in the 1970s are legendary and represent her at her absolute finest. Please note this brief interjection. Clearly, the performances are in the role of Isolde, not Tristan. That would be a different kind of legendary. But this 1977 recording that appeared on Deutsche Grammophon is also absolutely stunning. I'm going to play for you my very favorite cut from that album, in which she is joined by her husband, Peter Ligenza, on the obligato oboe part. This is meine Seele hört im Sehen. My soul hears in seeing how to exalt the Creator. Everything rejoices, everything laughs. Listen now, the flowering splendor of spring is the speech of nature who clearly through sight speaks with us everywhere. On continuo, we hear harpsichordist Colin Tilney, cellist Hans Lemke, and bassoonist Ottomar Borvitsky. This is such an exuberant and exalted performance. I absolutely adore it. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> 
These arias are pretty fascinating because, as with so much Handel music, there are no specified tempos, and so the interpreters are free to go as fast or as slow as they feel compelled to do. And also, because of the variety of obligato instruments that can be used, one can listen to varied recordings of these and constantly find new things to enjoy in each individual aria. Now I'm going to play one that I particularly love, the third of the set, Süße Blumen, Ambra Flocken. And it is performed here by the Hungarian mezzo-soprano Julia Hamari who this very day that I am recording this, the 21st of November, celebrates her 81st birthday. I featured her a couple times on the podcast, but honestly, this is another singer that the more I experience of her singing, the more I am taken with her. And she is a singer that I have loved since I first heard her voice in the 1970s. And if any of you have ever seen the Andrei Tarkovsky film The Sacrifice, her recording of Erbarmedich is used at an absolutely cathartic, cataclysmic moment in that film. It has to be seen and heard to be believed. I highly recommend it if you haven't already seen it. It is an overwhelming experience. It is a further chance to hear Hamari, who was, as a Bach performer, absolutely non pareil. In this recording from the year 1990, she, accompanied by the Hungarian Baroque trio, chooses a very, very slow tempo and spins out magical lines that go on for days, and I, for one, am hanging on every single note. Amber petals of sweet flowers, your silver draws me to him who in glory made you. As you fall, I shall fly high towards heaven and sing of him who brought the world into existence.
Now I have a 1974 recording by the beloved German baritone Hermann Prey. This was part of a massive undertaking he did in the 1970s to represent the full range and spectrum of German song, from Baroque through contemporary. In the first volume of that mammoth set, he did two of the Neun Deutsche Arien, including this one, which is the first of the set, Künftiger Zeiten Alter Kummer. Try saying that quickly three times. Try saying it slowly once, honestly. Unlike certain other German baritones, I am a huge fan of Hermann Prey. From his work in opera, in art song, Lieder specifically, from his performances of musicals and Schlager, I am a big fan, period. In this recording, he is joined by violinist Eduard Melkus, and his frequent collaborator Leonard Hawkinson plays harpsichord, joined by cellist Markal Cervera. Idle worry over future times does not trouble our gentle slumber. Ambition has not triumphed over us. With the unconcerned life that the Creator has given us, we are at peace and happy. This is the only text of this entire bunch that is a little smarmy in its pietism. But it's such a lovely piece. I hope that you'll be able to forgive the superiority complex that, at this moment, infected Brockes. Zeiten eitler Kummer stirbt nicht unseren sanften Schnuber. Ihr Geiz hat uns nie besiegt. Künstler Zeiten eitler Kummer stirbt nicht unseren sanften Schnuber. Stirbt nicht unseren sanften Schnuber. Ihr Geiz hat uns nie Sind wir ruhig? 
Ewigkeit Zeiten eitler Kummer schirrt nicht unsam sanften Schlummer. Irgendeins hat uns nie Friends, we are in such a difficult time in the world right now. I don't even know what end is up. And yet, all of us U.S. Americans are gathering with our families and friends this week to celebrate Thanksgiving and to give thanks for whatever we can find to give thanks for. And for me, music is always central to that for which I am most grateful. And it is in that spirit that I have offered up this episode for you. The final selection today is also the ninth song of the collection, Flammende Rose, Zierde der Erden. It's performed by one of my favorite singers, the Swiss soprano Edith Matis, in one of her earliest recordings from the year 1962. Matis this year celebrated her 85th birthday, and she also is a supreme performer of both Bach and Handel. In this performance, we hear a recorder played by Friedrich Schmidtmann and the continual players are Walter Töne and Gerhard Naumann. Flaming rose, ornament of the earth, bewitching splendor of shining gardens, eyes that see your excellent must, astonished at your grace, confess that the finger of God made you. This recording of Matisse represents her, in my estimation, at her nearly flawless best. The way she tosses off the fioriture, her impeccable tuning of every single note, the way she spins out a line endlessly and always inflects the text with such profound meaning and clarity. She's a singer for whom I give particular thanks. And I think it's a fitting way to bid you farewell and to wish you all a happy Thanksgiving.
dear friends, keep the song in your hearts. I'm Daniel Gundlach. <laughs>